Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I'm an early childhood educator in a kindergarten classroom in Ontario, Canada. And today is episode number 51 of the podcast. I can't believe it. I think I say that every week that it's um, this many episodes. I'm just so grateful and thankful for all of the people who listen to this podcast. You guys are amazing educators, and I appreciate um, the opportunity to just reflect on my practice and think about the different things that are happening in kindergarten classrooms and just give my current thoughts and my feelings on certain things. So thank you so much for joining me. This week's episode is going to be all about read-alouds. Read-alouds are like one of my favorite things to do in a kindergarten classroom. I love picking out books and reading them with students and asking questions and sparking um, inquiries and getting their thoughts and getting their experiences through the book. I just love doing read-alouds with the kids. They're just so fantastic. But before I really like jump into the episode, I kind of like to talk a little bit about my personal life or about Um, just life in general before I start talking about the actual podcast episode. Um, This way it just feels like I have a better, I don't know, connection with you guys just so that you know a little bit about what's going on with me so I'm not just talking into a void and I'm not just some like voice talking at you, I guess. But yeah, um, it is currently snowing like crazy. If you don't know, I record my podcast episodes the Sunday before, usually the Sunday before they get released. So they get released on Tuesday. I usually record them the Sunday before and it is snowing like mad outside. I think we're supposed to get like 15 to 20 centimeters of snow today, which is um, quite a bit for, I guess, our first real snowfall. But um, I was just going to my horseback riding lessons. And as I drive to my horseback riding lessons, they're kind of like near a ski hill. So you have to drive like kind of into this mountain, I guess, to go to them. And it's my, I always get nervous my first time driving in the snow, like the first snowfall of the season. It feels like I'm rusty driving in the snow, I guess, but we have winter tires. So everything was all good and fine. And, um, the driving was fine, but there was a few times when it kind of went completely whiteout conditions with all of the snow that was falling. So that was an interesting drive. And the same thing when I was driving back as well, the snow got really thick at one point. And so it, it kind of did some whiteout conditions, but the car was great. We've got our winter tires on it and it handled itself well. It's also a new car that we just got over the summer. So it's my first time driving it in the snow. So I always get a little bit nervous about that too, because you never quite know just how well a car is going to handle itself in the snow, but it did fine. I had a lot of, um, not a lot of fun, but it was fun driving in the snow, the first snowfall of the season. And um, my thoughts are with all the kindergarten educators that are going to have to deal with all the snowsuits and the snow pants and the boots and the mitts and the hats tomorrow. But this is a magical time for our kindergarten students. Um, Every year, especially the really young kindergarten students, the ones that are in our year one that might be only three or four years old, like this first snowfall of the year is magical to them. They love it so much. So I hope you were able to take the opportunity to spend a ton of time outside with your students and play in the snow and the snow, at least today, it's Sunday, might change by tomorrow, but the snow is sticky. So it would be perfect packing snow to make um, some igloos or to make some forts and snowballs and all that kind of stuff, some snowmen. And I know that The first snow is always the most fun of the season. I feel like once we reach like February, the kids are kind of over it and they're just like annoyed that it's wet outside all the time. But at least for now, the first snowfall of the year, they're always so excited. So hope you got to spend some extra time outside playing in the snow with your students and that you're having a great start to your week. 
But yeah, now that I've gone on to that like five minute preamble of me just talking about snow, um, (laughs) I should start talking about my actual um, topic of this podcast episode, which is read alouds, which are probably my favorite part of kindergarten. I love a lot of things about kindergarten, but reading storybooks to my students is always one of those things that I absolutely loved doing. I loved asking them questions and seeing all their uh, like the thoughts and the ideas spark inside of their their little minds while I was reading out the story. Their eyes would light up, and I I guess I don't know if I'm lucky or this is like all students, but all the classes that I've had with my kindergarten students like. They've all really loved story time. Like if we say it's time to read a book, I don't have any students that would ever get upset or not want to be reading the story. They would all like this is I get like pre-COVID. They would all like snuggle in close at the carpet and we would read the story together and I would ask them questions and it'd be so interactive and they'd be in like enthralled in the story. And every time we got new books they'd be so excited for the books and that love of reading that spark that that you can't really teach that love of reading is such an amazing thing I think I've talked about that on the podcast before but just getting students to just have a love of reading is probably one of the best things you can do for kindergarten students I say that to families all the time as well like just having a love of books and surrounding children with books like it can be a really great way to just spark that love of learning for later in life as well like i was a child who loved reading as a kid um i was always surrounded by books my mom is an avid reader my dad would read books as well uh, I just loved reading books and I that is one thing that I'd love to pass on to the students that are in my classroom. I don't have any children of my own, but if I ever do have children or um, anything like that, like that is something that I would want to pass on is that love of reading. And so I always try to nourish that in the kindergarten classroom. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what I do when I do read aloud just to give you some ideas and maybe to Um, when you're doing your next read aloud, you have um, a few sets of different questions that you could ask. I think I'm going to have to do a whole other podcast episode dedicated to how to pick out read alouds and the importance of picking different read alouds and of being um, uh, really thoughtful and reflective on the books that we're picking for our classroom libraries and the books that we pick to read to our students because you know, we don't want to be just reading stories that don't reflect the students in our classroom. We want to have stories that reflect the lived experiences of the students in our classroom, that give them insights to other people's lived experiences. Um, I won't go too much into it today because I really do think that's a whole dedicated podcast episode. But if you want to learn a little bit more about um, what I'm talking about a little bit, it's um, the theory of windows and doors. And I've uh, posted about it before on my Instagram, but basic the basics of it is that you want to have books that provide mirrors for students in your classroom so that they see themselves represented in books but you also want to provide windows with your your the books that you choose to have in your classroom that show um, that are windows into the life of other people as well so you want to have a mix of both you want to have the windows and doors and that can also be extended into sliding glass doors and then there's also the theory of having curtains and all that kind of stuff as well and I really do think that's a whole podcast episode in and of itself but today I'm just going to be talking about 
what I do during a read aloud and to kind of highlight a few of the questions that I do ask when I'm reading storybooks that I, that I think are important. There's so many things that you can do with storybooks. So this is just a few highlights of my favorite. But even before I start reading a book, I like to show the cover of the, the, the story to the, my students and we just talk about the cover. So even before opening up the book, we can start having some great insightful conversations about the story. So I can ask them, um, do you think this book is a fiction or nonfiction book? And we talk about what each of those things mean because at the beginning of the school year, not a lot of students would know what fiction or nonfiction means. And we, we talk about the different clues that could be on the cover of a book that could tell us, tell us whether it's a real story or if it's a made up story. And one of the clues you can look for is it real pictures because sometimes when it's real pictures on the cover of the story, you know, like if it's a picture of an actual fish, usually that would tell us that this book is about fish and it probably it might be a nonfiction book about a fish. You can look at the title and the title might be able to give you some clues. Um, you could look at the cover and see like, is there anything that is not um, like something you would find in the real world? Like maybe there's a unicorn on the cover of the book. So maybe if it's a unicorn, maybe it's a fiction book. So all those clues that would tell us whether it's a fiction book or a nonfiction book. We talk about the author and illustrator. Usually it's uh, on the cover of the book. It'll tell us uh, who the author and illustrator of the book is. And we talk about what the role of the author is and what the role of the illustrator is. And then we also talk about the topic of the book. What do you think this book is going to be about? What are the clues that can tell us what this book is going to be about? And to get us ready for actually reading the story. Also, I like to talk about any vocabulary. So if there's going to be like some um, big words in the story that the students might not know right away, I might highlight that key vocabulary before reading the book. That way their mind is kind of primed. So when they hear that word, they know what it means. So they don't kind of get lost trying to figure out what that word means while we're reading. You can also stop while you're reading and talk about the some key vocabulary, but sometimes just highlighting it before you begin the story is also helpful for students and it gets them kind of ready to start reading. So that's um, another thing that you can do. I also, when I start reading the book, I love talking about the illustrations of the book. Um, that's one thing I I'm love finding storybooks that have beautiful illustrations. I find that students get really enamored with the illustrations in the book, the colors, and just how much of a story can be told just by looking at the pictures that are in the book. And um, I like to draw attention to the different clues in the story uh, the faces of the students. So the faces of in the illustrations can tell us a lot about the emotions that, that that person is feeling or give us more insight to what is happening in the text. So that it's not just about the words on the book, it's about the illustrations and what that can tell us about the text. I also, while we start reading, I like to ask them um, for predictions every once in a while. So what do you, maybe there's a stopping point and we talk about the illustrations and this person like looks like they feel angry. What do you think is going to happen on the next page? If they feel angry, what do you think is going to happen? And um, so we might ask a few um, for a few uh, predictions or you might be getting to the end of the book and you can ask, how do you think this book is going to finish? Um, you can also, again, highlight those like vocabulary words that might be coming out in the middle of the book um, that students might not know right away. And then not even giving them the definition right away, but ask if any students know what the word means. And if they don't know what it means, you can ask them, well, what do you think it means? Let's reread this sentence. 
And let's think about it. What could that word mean? And so trying to get them to use the context of the story to try to find out the definition or what that word could mean, I think is really important because that's just, um, those are the kind of skills they're going to need once they start reading on their own. And then of course, after we're reading the, the, this, after we finished reading the story, I like to ask a lot of questions about the book as well. I like to ask them um, what their favorite part of the story is. If they were writing the book, would they have done anything differently? Would they have finished the book a different way? Um, we can start saying um, a story retell. So we can use those words like first, then, um, last, all those um, retell words that we really want them to start using when they're retelling stories to us so we can so that we can determine whether they comprehended the book we start using those words and maybe if the students aren't using them on their own yet i will prompt with those words and so re maybe um rephrase the words with those um those words added to them just to help them um out a little bit uh, we can also talk about like favorite characters and why they like those characters and who they identified with. And we can also talk about the main character versus other secondary char characters that was in the book and talk about the problem and the resolution and all of those things that, you know, they're really going to need in order to have those comprehension skills because Basically, what we're doing with our read-alouds is we're preparing them to be able to read stories on their own and have some deep comprehension of what is happening in the storybooks that they're reading on their own. So we really want them to start thinking critically about the text that they're reading while we're reading them so that when they're on, when again, when they're reading on their own, when they start writing their own stories, when they start reading their own stories, when they're picking up their own books, they're able to do these kinds of things without the prompts of an educator. That's really what we're preparing them for. We want them to have some great comprehension skills, some great oral language skills, and doing read-alouds is a really great way to have students be able to do that. You can also think about how listening to their peers talking about stories and hearing their peers' perspectives will make them understand books in a whole different way. Because even when I'm reading a story to students and I ask them a question, sometimes their answers completely blow me away and they take it in a direction that I never thought they could. So I love hearing what they have to say and I love that they get to hear what their peers have to say about those books. Remember, remembering back to that windows and doors and getting perspectives into other people's lives, this is a great opportunity for students to be able to hear about different perspectives and listen to what other people have to say and their thoughts and feelings about these stories. And I think that that's a really important part of um, our storybooks. And, you know, when we're doing these read-alouds, when you're picking these books, there's just so many things that you can do with them, right? You can be building classroom community, building your classroom family. You could be eliciting some inquiries and some wonderment from your students. You could be expanding on their knowledge or expanding on things that you're doing in the classroom. You There's just so many different things that can happen with just a simple story, but the stories can be so powerful and bring in a whole other world into the classroom. And also just thinking about the way you're reading the book as well. Like I'm a pretty excited reader, I guess I would say. When I'm reading, I'm using gestures and I'm changing the tone of my voice. I'm changing the canter of my voice. I'm using different voices. I might go high with my voice. I might go deeper with my voice to kind of put an atmosphere and to make the story really come alive. I use my hands a lot. I gesture. I might stand up and move around with the book and 
I might move the book, like flip it around, turn it around, make us look at the illustrations from different perspectives. And so bringing your own excitement about stories will really bring the excitement to your students as well. And I think that's a really important part. You don't want students to think the storybook is boring by any means because you want them to, again, develop that love of reading. And if you're online right now, if you are in virtual um, distance learning, whatever we're calling it at the moment, um, if you are doing that, thinking about different ways to bring those storybooks alive on the screen can sometimes be hard. I've been hearing from educators that it's really hard to keep students engaged when you're holding a storybook um, in front of your camera. So and flipping the pages as you normally would in a brick and mortar school. And I love having a physical book in my hands. I think that is so important. Even as an adult, I don't own an e-reader. I buy physical copies of books, like just a complete side story. Um, I had to buy a textbook and I bought the digital version just thinking like, oh, I'll save, you know, I'll save the environment. I'll buy the digital version of this textbook. I only need it for a couple months for one class. Why do I need to have a physical copy of the textbook? So I bought it um, online and I've been using it online and I absolutely like I absolutely hate it I hate having to go on my computer to read a book or onto a device to read a book I love having the physical books in my hands and that being said in a virtual space and holding up the book it's just not as engaging for the students is what I'm hearing students are kind of disassociating and they're not really connecting the fact like they're not able to connect the words that the educator is saying with the words on the book that is coming through the screen. And I think that that disassociation is really um, hard for the students. And so I've had I've heard that there's different ways that um, you can instead, you know, have a document camera and have the document camera um, hover kind of over the book. And then as you turn the pages, the 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 book is just a lot bigger on the screen for the students. So, and you're able to highlight different parts of the book by moving it around. Uh, I think there is a way to turn like your phone or an iPad into kind of like a document camera. So you could do that. Uh, you could use online, um, online uh, book places like Epic. Epic has an amazing collection of books and the illustrations are gorgeous. You can project them onto, you can even do this in the classroom as well. You can project them onto a screen and use um, something like Epic Books. And as an educator, it's like a free account. You can just get it. And so using the, those online platforms as well as is a great way to be able for the students to really be a little bit more engaged with the book instead of, I was trying to hold up a book to a colleague one time when I was trying to show her a book on the screen um, through like a Google Meet. And I was having a hard time just trying to show like an adult colleague what I was talking about in one of my books. So, I mean, trying to get that through to a child would be even harder. So um, coming up with different ways to engage with students online with read alouds is still so important. And I think that um, in a virtual space, it is even um, more important to build that um, capacity and that community with your students by reading all all these different storybooks. So finding different ways around that is kind of important. The same thing for in the classrooms right now, right? We're not supposed to be all sitting closely together on a carpet. 
because we're supposed to keep our distance. So when I'm reading a storybook to this, the classroom, I'm walking around with the book in my hand so that they can all see the illustrations. You can use the projector screen so that you can show the books to the students in your classroom. Just really keeping them engaged in that story and really making those that book and those characters and those words come alive to them is like a really important thing. And another thing, if you are in the classroom or if you're in virtual, I have a a blog post that has a little printout that you can send home to families with a lot of these tips and tricks that I'm talking about. A lot of those questions that you can ask while reading a storybook that you can pass along to families so that when they are reading a book with their child, they know what kind of questions to ask and what they're looking for in read alouds as well so that um, they can um, get those comprehension and those oral language skills going on while they're doing their read alouds with their kids. I'll put a I'll link to that in the show notes for you. It's just a, it's a free download on my blog. It's black and white, so you can print it out and send it home, or you can um, send home a digital copy to your families as well um, through Google Classroom or through email, however it is that you're communicating with families. But that is something that you can send home. I think that's a big thing, especially this year with a lot of online learning is building that capacity with families so that families understand what that learning is. Because it used to be all in a classroom and we would just teach the students and then they would go home and the parents knew what we were doing. You know, I would put out blog posts and newsletters and user mine and families knew what we were doing. But now that it's in a virtual space and the families are there all day, every day, I think it's really important to also continue to build that capacity with parents so that they understand the why that is happening behind all of the things that we're doing so that when the computer screens shut off, because here it's only 180 minutes per day, they're not that they're live learning. It's not like when you're in a classroom and we're um, like, I think we're twice as long in a classroom. Parents are doing a lot of it on their own. So building that capacity so that they continue that work with their students is really important and that they know how to build um, that confidence with themselves. I find that parents sometimes just don't know what to ask, don't know what to say. And so passing on those um, questions to them might be a really great way for them to engage with their child um, through storybooks. Um, Another thing that I'm going to recommend to you, um, this actually was recommended to me by my friend that I've mentioned a few times on this podcast before, Jen from Books and Bites. She recommended this uh, book to me a little while back. It's called The Ramped Up Read Aloud, What to Notice as You Turn the Page. And it's by Maria, and I want to say Walther, Walter, Walther. I'll put a, again, I'll put in a, uh, a link for you in the show notes. But It's 101 picture book conversations. So what you can do is um, choose what skill you want to work on as an educator. And I'm not like this isn't an ad for this book. Like I didn't get sponsored. I was I bought this book with my own money. So so know that before I go into a full explanation of this book. But um, uh, the book basically um, is in sections and what you can do is pick on what you would like to work on through a read aloud and and it'll help you by um, giving you some questions that you can ask for certain storybooks and some extensions that you can do. So one of the um, topics is classroom community. So if you want to build up classroom community, there's a list of books and these are common books like that you would probably have in your school library or that you'd be able to find online very easily so that you can use them building classroom community. Um, So another one is all about fiction, um, comprehension with fiction, um, nonfiction, building foundational language skills, 
inspire and then the last one is inspire writers so you can pick what skill you'd like to work on and then go to that section and find a read aloud and it really does it it gives you some before reading some during reading and some after reading questions that you can ask it has some extension experiences that you can give your students it has some learning targets it has key vocabulary to highlight like it really is a comprehensive way to um go through read alouds and if you like i love this book because it just it sparks some ideas in my mind for like what storybooks to read but also what i can do with those storybooks to make sure i'm getting out of it as much as i can and so yeah i really like this um book again it's called a ramped up read aloud i'm not sponsored by them probably should be at this point i've been telling everybody about this book maybe my friend jen should be sponsored because she was the one who told me and i've been telling everybody about it but i love 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 this ramped up read aloud book I'll put that link in the bio for you. Um, oh, there's my cat tequila. You can probably hear him meowing in the background. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is that this is probably the last thing I'll be talking about for um, this part of the, the podcast. The last thing I wanted to mention in this podcast episode is not to be afraid to reread storybooks or not be afraid is probably not the right word for that, but like don't worry about rereading storybooks like you can get so much out of a single book that you can come back to it time and time again and so to build that comprehension those comprehension skills you can come back and if it's a really great story there's like things called five day read alouds where you take five days and you read the same story over five days. And each time you read the story, you focus on something different. So maybe the first time through, you're just reading the story all the way through without stopping and you're just doing the story. And then the next day you read the story again and you focus on retelling skills. And then the third day you read through the story. I'm, I'm just, I don't know if this is the order that you do them in. It depends on the book, I think. But on the third day, Let's say you go back through the book and this time you focus on vocabulary and then you go back and you go through again and you focus on story elements and then you read the book again and you focus on um, their, their oral language skills while they're reading the book and if the students are able to retell the story. So you can read the same book over and over again and get something different if it's a really great rich read aloud. You can get something different out of that book every time you read it. and. Um, yeah, so you don't have to um, really have a huge library of books to read a different story every day. You can really focus on a lot of skills through, a, through the same book over and over again. And having some very, and that's part of that thoughtfully picking out stories and thoughtfully picking out the books that you're going to be adding to your classroom library. That's where it comes in to make sure that you're you're gravitating, you're getting those books that are rich in the experiences that they provide to your students. And um, yeah, I just want to make sure that we're not just, it's more of the quality of the books rather than the quantity of the books that we have in our classrooms. And I think that that's really important to really reflect on. And um yeah, that's, I think, all I wanted to say about read-alouds. I'm sure there's so much more I could say about read-alouds. Again, I love, love doing them in the classroom, and I think they are so important to the development of students, right? They can't start reading on their own or writing on their own unless they are exposed to a lot of um, the authentic writing that is happening 
around them and through and part of that is those read alouds that they get to experience um and providing them with a, a variety of books a variety of genres a, bar, a variety of types of books will really help them develop as writers themselves because they'll be able to see themselves reflected in these books they'll be able to see themselves reflected in the authors of the books and things like that so again i think that's going to be a whole different podcast episode because um i have a lot to say on that subject as well but I really hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast. If you have any great um, tips or tricks uh, for reading books with your students or doing read-alouds, make sure you go over onto my Instagram and you follow me on Instagram. And every Thursday, I post about that week's podcast episode and I ask for your opinions. I ask for your reflections and I can't wait to see what you have to say about read-alouds for this week's episode. So make sure you go over there. I'll put my... Um, uh, Instagram handle, I guess, in the show notes for you. If you're searching for me, if you start typing creative kindergarten, you'll be able to find me. It's creative kindergarten blog on TPT. I think my full Instagram name, but if you just start typing it, I should come up and yeah, make sure you go and follow me over there and let me know. What do you think about read alouds? What are your favorite read alouds? What are your favorite questions to ask? What do you like to do with read alouds? I'd love to hear it. And I want to thank you again so much for um, joining me on my podcast episode this week. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast so that you are aware of whenever I put out new episodes. And yeah, I will talk to you all again next week. Have a great, fantastic week, everyone. Thank <music> you.